Hello and welcome to week 11 of the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by the Everything Knowles Podcast Network. My name is Tim Allen Ball and over the next 15 to 20 minutes, we're going to line it up with a member of the media from FSU's next opponent. Currently, Florida State sits at a perfect 9-0 after a win over Pittsburgh. But up next, I hope you have boarded up the windows because it is officially hurricane season as Miami is heading up to Tallahassee for a 3.30 showdown. To help us get to know this Miami team better, we've got our old friend Adam Lichtenstein of the Sun Sentinel. Adam, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, like I was telling you before we hopped on hopped on that uh, dealing with COVID, but oh, not too bad, but and otherwise doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, we were talking. I, I'm coming off being sick. You're sick, so we can officially say we are the sickest podcast out there. There you go. Or something you go. like that. We are dorks. Well, at least I am. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Miami currently sits at 6-3, and three, which is already a better record than last year's 5-7. and seven. Yet there definitely seems to be some unhappiness down in Coral Gables uh, with this Hurricane team. What do you feel like has gone right so far? And and what do you feel like has gone wrong for this Mario Cristobal squad? Well, the funny thing is, is that, like, if you told me at the start of the season that they'd be 6-3 and three at this point, I'd say, yeah, that, that sounds about right. That seems reasonable. Um, I just would have thought those losses would have been to, you know, Clemson, UNC, and Texas A&M and not... UNC, Georgia Tech, and NC State. Uh, if you told me that they beat A&M and Clemson and lost to those three teams, I'd be pretty surprised. Um, lately, I mean, like, they lost to Georgia Tech. We all know what happened in that game. Uh, a debacle shouldn't have happened. They should have won that game. Um, and it's not often you can say that pretty definitively, but they should have won that game. Uh, UNC, sometimes you run into Drake May and Tez Walker on a good day, and, you know, they're going to score a couple of touchdowns. There's not a whole lot you can do about that. Right. Uh, NC State, the one that, you know, from last week, probably the most troubling because the defense played really well um, and the offense couldn't do anything. And it wasn't both parts of the offense. It was it was purely quarterback play. Um, they could Tyler Van Dyke has just been in an awful funk, probably the worst of his career, really for, you know, the last four games. Maybe you take the UNC game out of that three of the last his last four games. He's been playing just. As bad as I've seen him play, he looks he like he's in a complete funk, completely out of sorts. Um, and that's cost them because they ran the ball decently against NC State. They just couldn't get anything going in the passing game. And, you know, that's got a lot of Hurricanes fans frustrated. Um, you know, ACC play has not gone great for them because between, like I said, the Georgia Tech game, Tyler Van Dyke struggles. Like, you know, people are a little discontent right now. Yeah, let, let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, as you said, um, Tyler Van Dyke has been struggling. Miami's being a bit coy about who's going to start on Saturday. I think it's going to be Van Dyke, but who knows? Could be Emory Williams. But uh, Tyler Van Dyke's really struggled with interceptions as of late, really been in a funk, um, which is odd because I looked and, you know, he's not getting sacked. Um, so he's getting the protection, but man, he is just really struggling. What do you feel like's really going wrong with him? Is it mental? Is there something physical? Is there an injury? And who do you expect to take the snaps on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, if I had the exact answer, uh, I think Miami would hire me um, <laughs> to be a quarterbacks coach or an analyst or something. But um, I-, I think it's kind of all the above. Um, he missed the Clemson game with an injury that he suffered against uh, UNC. I think it's like a knee injury. Like he's got, you know, and everyone's kind of banged up at this point. He's definitely dealing with something. If you ask him, he'll say he's fine. He's not making any excuses or anything like that. He'll say he's fine. He can play. Um, But I do think the injuries affected him. 
there were a couple picks, one or two picks he's thrown the last couple weeks where it looks like he just didn't generate enough power on the throw, and that could be a, a leg thing, a lower body thing. Um, I think confidence is a big part of it. I think when Tyler's healthy or when he's when he's healthy and confident, um, he can just sling the ball around, and when he's not confident, he struggles. I think that's part of it. Um, Shannon Dawson, the OC, said that uh, you know he thinks Tyler's trying to do too much sometimes. Um, so I think it's kind of all the above. Uh, making poor decisions like it's kind of everything with him right now he's just completely out of sync with with the offense um and I agree with you I think more likely than not it'll be it'll be Tyler Van Dyke uh under center or in the shotgun now um you know for the most part uh I I think it'll probably be Tyler but you know like you said Mario Cristobal has been pretty coy and I asked him because he said on the radio he has a radio show he does in the morning on uh, on Mondays and when asked about Tyler Van Dyke and Emery Williams and everything he kind of said, oh, well, we're always assessing everything and how we can get better. So when he had his press conference later that day, I asked, you know, when you say you're assessing everything, you know, does that mean whoever has the best week in practice is going to start or is it business as usual and Tyler's the number one? And he straight up said, I'm not going to answer that in a press conference, um, which that's his, that's his prerogative. If he wants to be coy about it, he can, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can read into that you know what you will. He didn't say Tyler Van Dyke is our guy and he's going to be starting. Like you can kind of read into that, that they might make a change, but I still think it's, it's really tough to throw a true freshman in a second career start, uh, you know, into a road game against the top four team in the country with 85,000 screaming Seminole fans in the, in the stands. Like that's a big ask. Um, So I don't know. I think more likely than not, it'll be Tyler, but I, I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. It, it just doesn't make sense to put Emory Williams in that uh, in that atmosphere at that that early stage of his career. Um, you've talked about the success, or you mentioned the kind of the success of the running game, and Miami definitely has a talented stable of running backs. Uh, Henry Parrish, Donald Chaney, they have pretty even splits, but uh, Mark Fletcher's suddenly been soaring up and and been flashing as of late. Um, do you expect Miami to continue to kind of go with the hot hand, or or do you expect one of these backs to get the majority of the carries when it comes to Saturday's game? Uh, I think they're going to go with the, with the healthy hand because uh, everyone's been, been banged up in that room. Um, it's why you need so much depth at running back, you know, um, AJ Allen, who's, you know, was their leading rusher against Virginia. Um, he was out last game with a minor injury. Uh, Henry Parrish and Don Chaney have both been limited due to injuries lately. Uh, Mark Fletcher had a stress fracture in his foot um, that he only came back from a few weeks ago. Um, and then he got the start for the first time uh, on Saturday against NC State, had a good game. I, I think, you know, it all kind of depends on health and how they're evaluated that in that front because Henry Parrish was the starter last year and has been was a starter for the early part of this year before he started getting banged up. So I think, you know, if everyone's healthy, they'll they'll mix it up and, and you know, ride the hot hand. Um, if it's the same thing as last week, Fletcher will probably start again. And, you know, Mark Fletcher, I've covered him since he was in high school. Uh, he's a local South Florida kid. Um, he is linebacker sized, like six two two thirty. runs hard, like is a really talented young player uh, and, you know, really has some, some impressive, uh, traits. So, you know, I think if he gets a start, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. I, I like the, the running backs at, at, at Miami and I think they could be, uh, pretty impressive. Um, let's talk about receiver. Miami still has Xavier Estrepo. He's kind of the Jordan Travis of Miami. He feels like he's been there for eight years, but he's only a junior. 
Uh, Jacoby George just had some success. And I've been really impressed personally with Colby Young. I think he's he's done really well, uh, especially in their those kind of tunnel screens they like to run. How do you expect Miami to try to get their receivers involved on Saturday? Um, well, that was me. Like the first thing I said was those those tunnel screens that were yeah. when Miami was moving the ball through the air against NC State. It, a lot of the time it was with those tunnel screens that were that were very effective. So um, but like you said, like, you know, Restrepo, him and Tyler Van Dyke are extremely close. Like it's been talked about, I think, now for three years, like they were roommates for a couple of years They They got great chemistry together. Um, sometimes maybe even to Miami's detriment where, where, you know, TVD will get locked in on, on Restrepo sometimes. But, um, you know, he's a very solid route runner. You know, he may not have like the super physical traits, like he's not the fastest or, you know, the tallest or anything, but he's a great route runner can get into space and it's just very solid. And then Colby young, you know, tall guy, uh, surprising speed for kind of a lankier receiver. Um, you know, if they get into the red zone, he's a good, good to go to guy. Cause he's just, he's got that height. And then Jacoby George has kind of had that breakout year um, without looking, I think off the top of my head, he leads them in touchdown catches. Uh, another guy who's good at finding space and getting some separation. Um, so they've all, they've all had pretty solid years. It's just, you know, kind of fallen by the wayside the last couple of weeks because they've struggled so much in the passing game. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting what happens and how Miami can can get the ball out. And I think that's probably really the the difference maker when it comes to Miami's offense is the passing game. Because uh, the next group I want to talk about is the Miami offensive line, which has been very impressive. PFF uh, has them, I think, in their top five overall units. Uh, transfers, Matt Lee and 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 Cohen have both received praise this year. Uh, you've seen people like Jalen Rivers finally kind of turning into their potential and also the the true freshman at, at right tackle. Um, you know, where do you feel like this group excels? And, and do you feel this group has a weakness that can be uh, exposed on, on Saturday? Um, not really. I mean, they're, they're a very, very solid group. I mean, you kind of, you ran through the line right there. Also, Inez Cooper, the right guard has been excellent in his, you know, really first full season as a starter. They've been just incredible um, against Virginia and Virginia is not a good pass rushing team. Like to be clear, they're not good at that, um, but they didn't allow not even a sack. They didn't even allow a single pressure, uh, which is just, you know, everything seems to be coming together for them uh, late, just very talented all around, you know, very good, great pass blockers. Uh, run blocking has been pretty solid. Um, if they have a weakness, it might be the freshman Francis Maui Noah, who has been improving. He started off the year kind of rough. I think he had three penalties um, in week two against AM. And he has gotten better. Um, you can only expect so much from a freshman uh, offensive tackle, you know, even if he has a five-star, you know, top 10 player in the country. But he has come along. Um, he did get beat uh, against NC State. I think the play where Tyler Van Dyke got hit and fumbled, um, it was Francis Maui Noah who, who got beat there. But overall, I mean, he's been very solid. They're really... I really wouldn't say anyone on the lines of weakness or they have a real weakness. They just, they've been probably definitely the most improved, if not the single best unit Miami has. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say definitely on the offensive side, I feel that they're probably the standout unit so far this year and definitely received some deserved praise. Um, going to the defensive side of the ball, ton of attention on Lyman, uh, Ruben Bain. Obviously, Florida State fans a little upset about that because they were kind of second in that race. but. Um, that was kind of a foregone conclusion, I think, so, of going to Miami. Uh, the freshman's got six and a half sacks. He's been a terror, but it's not just Bain. This defensive line as a whole has, I think, 16 sacks. I counted from the linemen alone. 
who are some of the other uh, defensive linemen that fans need to be aware of from this Miami team? Yeah, I guess you can, you know, it's kind of a fait accompli that Ruben Bain, his, his nickname is Hurricane. Uh, I don't know if he'd be allowed to play for FSU uh, with that kind of nickname. But, uh, I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd allow it. We'd that's allow fair. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you'd make, you'd make an exception. But, um, right. yeah, he, he's been excellent. He's come on really strong. Um, what's, uh, what's surprising is that they've played so well, they're down two starting defensive ends. Um, Akeem Mesidor and Nigel Lee Kelly were starters on the ends, um, and both are out for the year. And the fact that they've managed to keep this level of production is really impressive. Um, so, yeah, you'll have like Ruben Bain on on, on the edge uh, and Jafari Harvey often on the other side. Uh, Harvey's a veteran. He's been around another guy who's been around for a while. Uh, very solid player. Uh, interior, you'll get uh, a mix of like Branson Dean, who's a transfer from Purdue, who has been a great addition uh, uh, at defensive tackle. Leonard Taylor. He's having kind of an up and down season. He's had some games where he's been dominant and like that's Leonard Taylor, you know, former five star that you want to see. He's had some games where he's, you know, not really been a difference maker, but he can he can blow up plays like he's a very talented guy. Uh, Jared Harrison Hunt is also a guy who's having a solid season. He'll move back and forth uh, whether they need him on the edge or or in the middle. Um, He's having a solid year as well. Yeah, um, like I said, if you go and look at the stats for these guys, uh, you know, almost every one of them has at least one sack. So it's it's been very impressive uh, unit so far. So at, at linebacker, I really want to take a second and talk about who I think is really the leader of this defense. And that's transfer uh, Francisco Maui Noah, if I said that correctly. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, he really makes this defense go. Uh, if I'm, you know, he's, he's a big reason that I feel like when they have success, it's because of him. Uh, how do you feel like the linebacking corps outside of him have been and just kind of your general thoughts on Maui Noah? Um, they've been very solid. I, one of the units on the team has really impressed me. Um, and, you know, we call we call Francisco Maui Noah uh, Kiko because, you know, him and his brother, it's Francis and Francisco. Right. So often Francis is CC and the linebacker is Kiko, um, which makes things a little bit easier. But, um, yeah, Maui Noah has been excellent, um, having a really good season. I think he's met met or surpassed every expectation, you know, we had for him, everyone had for him coming into the year, coming over from Washington state. Um, and then outside, you know, the other linebackers, the main guys you'll see are um, Wesley Bassane, the very, very talented sophomore, uh, KJ Cloyd, who's a transfer from Louisville and Corey flag. who's a veteran who's been around for a long time. Um, and they've all been very solid flag is a excellent run stopper. Uh, I think PFF, I haven't looked maybe in the last week, but I think maybe entering last week, PFF gave him like a 91 run defense grade. He's great at stopping the run. Uh, Bassaint and Cloyd are good at getting in the backfield. Uh, they're just very, very solid all around there. And like I said, that's that's a group that I didn't know what to really expect coming in. I didn't know what they were going to get from from Cloyd and, and Flag in particular, and they've they've done very well. There's there's a lot of impact transfers definitely on this Miami team. I knew some of them, but I didn't realize some of the other guys you mentioned, like the defensive linemen and. Uh, the guy from Louisville there. So uh, Miami's done a really good job in the transfer portal along with Florida State. So finally on defense, uh, Brendan Sinone over at Nose 24-7 dropped a stat earlier this week that the defense for Miami is ranked in the hundreds at allowing completions at 30, 40, and 50-plus yards. Uh, what's really been the cause of the secondary struggle this year? You know, that actually, that kind of surprised me because if if any unit has, you know, impressed me or, or surpassed my expectations this season um it would be the cornerbacks um so right. that's, that kind of surprises me because um yeah they they brought in speaking of the transfer portal 
Um, Jaden Davis, a South Florida guy, transferred from Oklahoma before this season. And Daryl Porter, who transferred from West Virginia before the 22 season, um, have been the starters this year. And, I mean, I thought they've played uh, pretty solidly. I mean, I, I mean, they've given up, you know, like you like you were saying, like their share of big plays, I guess maybe a few more than I thought, uh, just, you know, thinking about it. But I, I thought that units played pretty, pretty decently. Um, they've had a few breakdowns. Um, absolutely, like the big one that comes to mind is the uh, the game winning touchdown that Georgia Tech scored, where uh, where safety Cam Kitchens bit uh, and let a guy get behind him. Um, they've had a few breakdowns, and then and then NC uh, UNC had a couple big passing plays against them. Uh, but again, that's that's Drake May and Tez Walker. What are you gonna do? Uh, right. But right. Yeah. Other. I mean, like I'm like I said, I'm kind of surprised at that stat. But overall, I mean, I think their cornerbacks have done pretty pretty decently, although. You know, that's a big question mark coming into this game, both because both Jaden Davis and Daryl Porter left the NC State game with injuries. And Mario Cristobal said that they're, you know, that Jaden Davis is fine. Daryl Porter, they're optimistic about, um, you know, we'll see who ends up lining up at corner uh, Saturday afternoon. But um, they've been, I think, pretty solid this year, you know, better than I expected. Uh, and finally, you know, let me get your thoughts on how Saturday plays out in your mind. Um. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting at the end of the third quarter and we're thinking, this is a lot closer than I thought. Um, I really would not be surprised if the defense kind of keeps Miami in the game. You know, we, we're sitting at the end of the second or third, you know, end of the third quarter and it's 2013 FSU or something. But I just don't know where Miami's going to get points from because the offense has been so rough the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, you look at the Virginia game again, Virginia who has played well in, against UNC and played well against Miami. They scored two rushing touchdowns. Only one of those was in regulation uh, and we're relying on field goals for the rest of the game. And then against NC state, all they do is kick two field goals. I just, I mean, I don't know what is going to change in the passing game because either you have Tyler Van Dyke, who has been, is going through the worst stretch of his career. Um, or you have Emery Williams who, you know, they, they like him, but he's a true freshman. And if you watch him play when he started against Clemson, like he threw for 30 or so yards in the first half. Like they're not going to be trying to push the ball downfield with him all that much. I, I just don't know where they're going to get an offense from uh, to win this game. So, I mean, I think the defense, the defense is good enough to keep them in the game for a while. I just don't know if it's good enough to, you know, allow their allow Miami's offense to outscore FSUs. Okay. It's good. Uh, it's kind of been the MO for, for Florida state the last couple of weeks is, most 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 guys think this is probably going to be a close game into the third quarter and then Florida State pulls away. So we'll see if Florida State keeps up that. All right, before I let you go, Adam, uh, choose your own adventure question. Last last year, we had a really good conversation about Game of Thrones. Uh, so unfortunately, no Game of Thrones on right now, but uh, <laughs> I'll give you two topics. Let me know which one you want to talk about. Just college football in general or TV streaming? Um. I've been mostly just streaming old episodes of the West Wing lately, so let's go with college football in general. All right, so I've been asking uh, people this year when they picked this topic, uh, if you were basically given uh, your own college football team, like an expansion draft, and nobody's off limits this year, and you're building a team around somebody, who's the one player you're picking to build your college football team around? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, huh. My my first thought is probably the easy answer and probably probably Caleb Williams. 
but I'd have to think maybe I'd maybe I'd want to go with an like a left tackle. Think like yeah. an NFL GM. Um, I, I, I Cam Kitchens isn't having as good of a year as he had last year, although he has been solid. Um, I like his leadership abilities. He has, um, Marvin Harrison's a good. I like Marvin Harrison a lot. Yeah. You need a game breaking receiver. Yeah. Tell you, Caleb uh, Williams has been the very popular answer yeah, so far. So. I mean, yeah. If I could take two, I actually might take Michael Penix Jr. and Marvin Harrison. But I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna zag. I'll say Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. First first person to pick a receiver only. I've had uh, I've had somebody <laughs> kind of discuss Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis as tough yeah. running quarterbacks. I yeah. had somebody pick Travis Hunter. Because you get that's a good, both that you get two. That's a good yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a, that's a really good answer. Harrison's unbelievable up there. So sometimes I watch uh, Ohio State games and I'm like, just just hit the Marvin Harrison button. Just yeah, throw just, it to him. Exactly. Just find him and give him the ball. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Adam, I appreciate you being on here. Before you get out of here, uh, take a minute, let everybody know where they can find your work. Um, you can read everything I write at sunsentinel.com. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, it won't be in Tallahassee this weekend, but. Uh, in general, got a lot of stuff on there. I wrote today about how uh, FSU just kept hitting the counter button last year and how Miami's going to try to stop that this year. Uh, you can read everything I wrote right there. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now, uh, <laughs> at AB Lichtenstein, where you can get my thoughts on football, um, whatever I'm streaming, uh, you know, me going to spend too much money at Barnes & Noble and other things like that, uh, at AB Lichtenstein. And I'm on the other, you know, Twitter clones, blue sky and threads and all those, but I'm most active on Twitter. Awesome. Well, Adam, thanks so much for being on here. Uh, we'll see what happens in the exciting matchup this Saturday at three 30 Florida state in Miami. This has been the line of scrimmage podcast. I am Tim Allenball. Thanks so much. Check us out on Tomahawk nation, the everything Knowles network on Twitter, wherever you get your source, we will be there. And until next time, let's keep climbing.